0: Welcome to Musically Challenge, your weekly helping of random music conversations based on whatever topic the guys choose. Their goal is to entertain and inform you on a variety of themes. This podcast is an expression of their lifelong love and commitment to music. Simply stated, music is life. This show may include adult themes and language. Once again, welcome to Musically Challenged. Here are your hosts, Chad and Lou. Welcome to episode 22 of Musically Challenged, your weekly helping of random music conversations based on pretty much whatever topic we want. I'm your host, Lou Schwalmack, and along with me is Chad Knight. You got him. Alrighty. This week, we're going to be continuing on with our series about number one hits from the decades. This week, we are going to be on the
1: 80s. Yes! Finally! We get to real music!
0: <laughs> Absolutely. It's, I, it's one of my favorite decades when it comes to actual, like, not classic rock. 80s music is the way it is.
1: Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, I don't know about you, and I'll talk about this when we do the 90s, but really about 95 music it kind of ended for me.
0: Ah, I don't know if it, I would say ended, but it became a lot harder to listen to and get into. Yeah, absolutely. Because it was a lot yeah. more commercialized and it just didn't it didn't connect.
1: I, I would agree there. I mean, now the 80s, I mean, we're talking the 80s now, man. And this is this is where you and I grew up. I mean, really. Oh, absolutely. We were born in the late 70s, but the 80s is, I mean, that's what formed our, our, our view of music. That's what formed our view of the world. That's what formed our view of...
0: The decade of ex- excess.
1: Yeah, you know, cocaine off of hookers' asses
0: and... I must have missed that one. That well, was a party I wasn't invited
1: to, <laughs> uh, well, you know, I being, wasn't.
0: being like seven and all. But.
1: Yeah, I wasn't either. But, you know, didn't you watch Forrest Gump? Because they, oh, they, yeah. they show that whole decade of the uh, excess – very well i think in a short amount of time
0: oh yeah well look at some of the movies and things that came out like lethal weapon for example that was i think 87 if memory serves
1: yeah that's about right but
0: i mean the opening scene where the where she swan dives after having coke in her hotel room right yeah no absolutely More crocodile done to you <laughs> dumps it in the bowl of water and sticks the guy's face in here this will work better for you where do we want to start well, let's start with 1980, as that's the beginning of the decade.
1: Hey, that's a good idea.
0: Imagine that, right? <laughs> All right. So 1980, I, w- I was three. I know you were four. I was four. So we were at the top of our classes here for knowing exactly what the hell was going on. There was two songs this year that actually came out that had both were for six weeks. First one was Call Me by Blondie. Uh, Debbie Harry and the Gang had that one, which is kind of a gigolo song. At least it was used a lot. Yeah, there. I suppose. And then, um, of course, we had Kenny Rogers with Lady, yep. also for six weeks later on. And you couldn't have two more opposite songs. No, not at all. I mean, think about it. You've got Lady, which is probably one of his more popular, if not most well-known next-to-the-gambler songs. And it's a ballad. There is, It's nothing more than a ballad. And no, got,
1: I, yeah, absolutely. I in, mean, it's in the every word, every way you can look at a ballad.
0: It is. Oh, he's like, check this, check this. Yeah, he's yeah, got exactly. the, full, the full checklist. Now, Call Me, on the other hand, is a, is a standard kind of new wave-ish type rock song. Yeah. And, well, let's let's go ahead and take a listen to Call Me, and we can continue on with that one. Call me.
1: song the driving guitars the melodic voice of of Debbie Harry you know honestly kind of makes me want to uh call her I love the name of the band I love the look and the music and in all it's a total package
0: yeah and she's got a really good driving as you mentioned a driving voice I'm not a huge fan of all of their work. There is one song in particular that they do that I turn my radio off if it ever comes on. It just drives me batshit crazy. Are you going to
1: share that song with us?
0: I hate the song "The Tide Is High." Okay. I can't stand that damn song. <laughs> However, "Hard of Glass" is actually a great song.
1: Yes, I would agree there as well. You know, I like the song. It's it's you know she's willing to do anything to have some guy. Call her. Now, I think that might be 80s parlance for, you know, get it on. Oh, yeah. But, I mean, up to and including, and I always love this line, is she will be an alibi for a lover's lover. Okay. <laughs> I mean, overall, it's a great song. It's a fun song. It like is. Like you said, it's about getting a piece of tail, which actually is quite heavy in a lot of the songs we'll talk about in the 80s.
0: Oh, yeah. So,
1: I don't know. I I really enjoy the song.
0: I'm I'm a fan. I, I as Again, I'm not a huge fan of all their work, but if I had to pick maybe top two of their songs, this would be probably the top one of the two. Okay, fair enough. And then we slow things down a lot to this guy. I'm sorry. This guy just has a molasses voice. Back in the day, now he's lost a lot.
1: Well, I, I think they
0: pulled his face too tight. <laughs> yeah, that could very well be too. The amount of plastic surgery
1: times. he has had done
0: is sad. Ridiculous. You almost can't recognize him anymore. Right, right. I'll tell you what, though. Back in the day, though, him and Dolly Parton were a force.
1: Oh, absolutely. I mean, they were the duet to be, you know, that everybody strived to be.
0: Oh, yeah, absolutely. And he came out with Lady, which if you are ever making a mixtape in the 80s, if this song wasn't on it for your significant other, male or female, it's depending on how you swing, I guess, <laughs> it it should have been, because this is this is perfect for your other. Let's, oh. let's, let's take a quick listen, and then we'll see what you have to say about that. Chad?
1: Ladies, your love's the only love I need, and beside me is where I want you. All right, so simply, this is a wonderful and beautifully sung song. I like the way Kenny goes about painting a picture in your mind's eye that shows how much he's in love with this woman. His love for her makes him a fool, and it doesn't matter. You know, and and I'm going to get sentimental here for a second, I I warn you. Okay. This kind of makes me reflect on my life with my wife, how I feel everything that he sings to And to me, you know, a song that makes me think of her, even though it obviously wasn't written for us, it fits, you know. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And and to me, that makes a perfect song. And I am kind of, I like Kenny Rogers, you know, just
0: in general. Well, that's your country background. That's my
1: country background. Absolutely. I think it's a great song.
0: It's a good, it is a good good song. I'm going to actually piggyback off, off yours. I like the song Lady for My Wife, but it's actually a different version of Lady Okay. It's the Styx version with Dennis DeYoung. Same song, just different. Mm, Totally different. Um, Okay. I'm I'm sure you've heard it. um, I probably have. When You're With Me, I'm Smiling. That's the first song. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. I mean, DeYoung also has a velvet voice, and it's a shame what happened to him, how he got booted out of the band. But that was a great Styx song. Just like this is a great Kenny Rogers song for your significant other. Again, mixtape worthy all the way.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So we move on to 1981. And I guess I'm jumping on your toes here, but, again, we had two
0: songs. We did. We, we had a double shot this time. Um, this time it was nine weeks for each one, so instead of the Sixers, it was nines. We started off with Betty Davis Eyes by Kim Carnes. Kim Carnes had a real smoky, um, like, a, a cart-in-a-week voice. <laughs> there, there's no other way to put it. I mean, No, she absolutely. Had that kind of, it's not quite a croak but it was not a crystal clear voice but it enunciated really well and it was just a real sultry song.
1: Yeah, it kind of it, it takes you back to the sound that you get out of the 20s with the with the lounge singers and stuff like that that very oh, yeah. heavy, you know, breathy, raspy kind of mm-hmm. sound and I mean, for this song it really works. Not a huge Kim Carnes fan overall.
0: I I don't know about you, but I could not tell you a second song she ever did.
1: I could think about it and probably come up with one, but it's going to take me some time.
0: I could Google it too, but I mean. Well, yeah. But really, this—if you—if you know songs and you know the names, this is the first one that comes to your mind because it's the only one I think they probably got radio play.
1: Yeah, most likely. Now she, this song kind of pays homage, like I said, to the twenties and to Betty Davis and a few other women of the time. I will edit that
0: out. No, I—I I beg you, do not <laughs> leave that in.
1: Anyway, uh, pays homage to people like you know Betty Davis, Greta Garbo, and a few other names in there. Uh, have you ever seen a picture of Betty Davis? She was gorgeous. She was, and the eyes she had those big, uh, what do you call them? They puppy dog
0: eyes. Black and, and white from all the pictures I saw, but yeah,
1: I don't know what color they are, but they're they're <laughs> like puppy dog eyes. But honestly, does nothing for me. She's supposed to be this
0: this gorgeous, you know, sex symbol type thing. Well, for the time, um, think about it, though. I mean, think about the sex symbols of the time from then to now, though. I mean, let's go from days past. I mean, um, Judy Garland was also a beautiful sex symbol, too, back in the day. Uh But nowadays, she's just kind of a plain lady. Well, I suppose. You know, so back then, I mean, she was willing to take the role. She was willing to basically kind of put it out there. So that's part of why she was such a, you know a driving force, kind of like Marilyn Monroe. Well said, Manson. Um,
1: <laughs> well, I suppose an argument it, could be made for that too, but.
0: but... just like Marilyn Monroe in the, what was it, the 60s, was it?
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: She came on, and it was just like a total revolution. It's like, holy crap, this is what women do? And she was the new sex symbol. So each decade's got their own, so I can see it. Uh, okay. But it, I'll agree with you, though. I mean, she's pretty, she's gorgeous, but not my type. Yeah, yeah, okay. So... Should we, should we get into the little clip here? Yeah, sure or not.
1: All right. She'll expose you when
0: she snows you. Hops your feet with the crumb. she throws you. She's ferocious and she knows. I, don't, I, I really don't know what else there is to say about this song. I mean, it's a great song. It's a real nice kind of – it's almost plotting.
1: Yeah, and, so and it, the nice thing about the music with this song is instant re- recognition. Oh, yeah. As soon as the first few notes hit, you know what you're listening to. Yep. You know, and, and that's kind of cool, too. But, yeah, I don't have a whole lot more to say about this one. No,
0: not should really.
1: We, should we move on to the next one?
0: Absolutely. The next one's actually one that we've touched on before. In fact, we did it during duets. Yep. And this was Endless Love by Diana Ross and Lionel Richie, also for nine weeks. We'll just get the clip out of the way right away. Reason we do that is because you've already heard us talk about this and you've already heard this clip once. I don't know what else there is to say again, too. I'm still thinking Happy Gilmore. Remember when they're on the yeah. ice? Yeah, friends listen to Endless Love in the Dark.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's it's just a beautiful song about two people in love. That's
0: that's it. it you you know? know,
1: and you have Diana Ross, you know, powerhouse vocals, and you have Lionel Richie, that again the smooth voice, the Oh yeah, I'm, you know I mean
0: he was a Commodore for Christ's sakes. Right, right. So you know. Great song. There's nothing else to say. Yeah. There really isn't. Right. So let's go to 1982. Yes. 1982. Hey, look at that. It's a double shot again. I feel a certain sort of pattern coming on here. Yeah, well, our pattern's going to be broken in 83. Yeah, I know. I know. (laughs) All right. So we've got kind of another set of songs that are kind of against each other. They're not really alike at all. We've got I Love Rock and Roll by Joan Jett and the Blackhearts for seven weeks starting. You know, I dig this song. I Who mean, doesn't dig Jill this song? Jet's not great to look at. I've never was a fan no, of No, I would agree. I mean, she's definitely kind of has a face for radio as it were, but the song itself is just a fun song.
1: Yeah. I. In fact, let, let's just have them listen to it. And I could tell it would be long, it was with me. Yeah, me. And I could tell song opens with growling guitars and a simple backbeat by drums and claps the rebellious song about well rock and roll music man of course i i think i would be we would be remiss if we didn't at least tip our hat to weird al in his parody oh, i love and road
0: absolutely
1: because you know he takes a great song great music and makes it his own his own and fun but anyway, Joan Jett's voice gives me a happy little spot in my chest where my heart should be. If it wasn't occupied by that little black nub.
0: Yeah, I suppose. You know, so... Saves you Dr. Like I, said, Bells, like, I suppose.
1: You know, it's, it it comes down to the same thing. You know, not great to look at, but I could sit and listen to Joan Jett all day.
0: Absolutely. Um. Of Okay, and I'm going to bring this one up here. Of the two, two 80s ladies, Pat Benatar and Joan Jett, I'm a Pat Benatar person all the way. However... Oh. Joan Jett pulled it out. I mean, she has this song and a whole bunch of other ones at her post-Runaways days. Works great on her own.
1: You know, and yeah, Pat Benatar, who didn't make the list, Mm -hmm. um, which to me is kind of a sin, but it is what it is. Pat Benatar, yeah, I will take Pat Benatar over Joan Jett any day.
0: So, apparently, on that note, let's move on to our next one. We've got, we're going to slow this one down quite a bit. We've got Ebony and Ivory by Paul McCartney and Stevie Wonder. Another seven weeks. I love Stevie Wonder.
1: We know, we know. You get a, you get Manwood for Stevie Wonder.
0: I wouldn't go that far, and even if I did, he couldn't see it anyways.
1: That's a nice thing about it, though, because then he, you know, you're like, I got Manwood for you, Stevie, and he's like, I can't see it, and you're like,
0: guess what? <laughs> oh <laughs> Can my. you read Braille? <laughs> oh my, that's just wrong, <laughs> but funny anyway. Anyways, moving on. This is a really good duet. Kind of a. Racial Harmony one, you know, think about it, and really, if you think about it, and if you don't use the symbolism, they're basically just talking about a damn piano. Yeah, exactly. Because both of them play, I believe they both play, or is McCartney just a guitarist? McCartney, I'm not sure, actually. Because, I mean, most of the artists, especially, like, the higher-profile ones, such as McCartney, such as Lennon, play multiple instruments. Oh, usually, yeah, absolutely. Um Usually they'll play keyboard or guitar, and guitar, or... In the case of like Phil Collins, I think he's guitar and drums, yep. um, et cetera, down the line. So I think they both play keyboard or uh, piano. So I think that's why they both settled on that. But then again, it can be racial equality because they're living together in harmony. Right. So
1: let's, let's take a listen. and Ivory is it's a wonderful song the concept and implementation of this music is what we needed back then a beautifully sung harmonies that can make you tingle and a message of equality in a time when it wasn't the forerunning idea of the day
0: not so much no
1: you have Stevie Wonder you know the genius behind the words and Paul McCartney the vocals from heaven Paul McCartney has got a voice
0: speaking of having wood for somebody
1: yeah well possibly (laughs) So i like the song it's a great message not a whole lot to say about it though
0: no not really i mean this is one where pretty much anybody can listen to it and even if you don't listen to the message it's still just a good song
1: yeah even if you think he's singing about a damn piano it's still a good song
0: there you go so let's fast forward to 1983 the year of what was this uh return of the jedi
1: yeah i think you're right
0: yep 83 for jedi and it had one song which wasn't The theme from Return of the Jedi. No. It was Every Breath You Take by the Police, the stalker song.
1: (laughs) You know, I wrote that here, too. (laughs) It's a song about, basically,
0: stalking. Yes, for eight weeks, America loved stalking.
1: But, you know, they delivered it in such a way that the stalkers are romantic at heart and not a threat.
0: Aren't all stalkers, in theory, quote-unquote, romantic at heart until (laughs) they end up killing their marks? (laughs) Seriously, I mean, come on, let's think about it.
1: No, you're right. Let's go ahead and just take a listen to it i mm-hmm.
0: Now, Sting's got one of those voices. Um, as anyone who knows music knows, Sting is the driving force behind the police along with Stuart Co- Copeland.
1: Right. Now, did you did you happen to watch this video when you were getting ready for this?
0: I didn't watch the video. I know I've seen it from way back in the day.
1: Sting does his very best to look like Mick Jagger with feathered hair.
0: Oh, no. Are you kidding me? No,
1: no. Do you remember feathered hair?
0: I had feathered hair. Oh, you poor bastard. Dude, I had a mullet back in the day. I'm I'm proud to say.
1: I had a mullet too, but I never did the feathered hair because I had one side that wouldn't feather.
0: I did because I had the center part right down the middle and tried to do that MacGyver thing because MacGyver oh, was the fucking okay. man.
1: Yeah, yeah. No, I had the I had the mullet, but I had a I had like an eight inch spike throw on top. Oh, nice. I, sometime I'll have to pull out a picture and show you, because it is Amazingly
0: awful. It's too bad we're past it because I think as an April Fools, we could have changed our profile picture to that on Facebook.
1: <laughs> I i was in high school, maybe.
0: So it's about where mine was. Yeah, yeah. Because it was the thing. But, but anyway, moving on. Yeah.
1: Anyway, moving on. Back to Sting and the boys. It just, you know, it it was a great, fun song about stalking.
0: If I, I don't know if I would use that word. I mean, it was it was it was a romantic song. If you don't think about it, if you think, if you just listen to, you know, I'll be watching you, you know, I'm, I'm, everything you do, I'm thinking about you and so on and so forth. If you don't really think too deeply into it, yeah, it's got a good vocal tone to it. It sounds like it's a real nice, you know, But then he's like, every move you break, every breath you take, it's like, Jesus
1: Christ, man.
0: You know what, though? Can you imagine some, like, one of those, like, death metal bands doing that one? (laughs) That would be the creepiest damn thing ever worth it absolutely (laughs) you know imagine lemmy doing that oh yeah that would have been cool as shit yeah i gotta agree with you there all right now we're gonna be moving to 1984 and this is back to back to a twofer so we're gonna start with one of your favorite artists and that's gonna be prince with when doves cry yeah for five weeks i've never been a huge fan of the purple one however i'm gonna give credit where credit's due he is he was verbiage. <laughs> he was a great artist. I mean, he was excellent on guitar. Should he been inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame before other rock artists? Not sure if I agree with that, but he was still a great artist.
1: Okay. I mean, you know, we've come to the point in this show where we each have our opinions, and even when you're wrong, I'm going to be okay with it.
0: Oh, I know you're going to be wrong about my 1984 picks, so
1: Actually, probably not. We'll see. Cuz you got to remember
0: who was the lead singer Who was that's the lead right. singer? All right well let's do our clip for this one and then we'll continue on take it away on your prince talk
1: okay i think this is probably the first prince song i ever heard it's kind of got heavy sexual imagery through the music i like the song the guitar the keyboard and the voice of the purple one he seems to weave a uh, personal relationship and a mother-child relationship throughout the song making the listener wonder who exactly he's singing about but you know we lost prince too soon and now we just have his music to remind us of what you know, that he's gone too soon. I mean, his even though he's got a huge catalog. Oh, yeah. it's a, It's a matter of how much bigger that catalog could have been had, you know, drugs not taken him from us.
0: True. However, at the same time, I mean, you can't disagree with the fact that he was kind of bordering on a little bit out of his mind.
1: Oh, yeah. And some of his
0: music was absolute garbage. So here's the thing. And I'm not trying to be cryptic. But at the same time, yes, we lost him early. However, who is to say that maybe his music wouldn't have gone down the toilet later on and then we'd be stuck with, like, or as your Bon Jovi, how his more recent stuff is kind of garbagey, Right. If he would have passed away, not saying he did, knocking on wood that he doesn't. Right. But if he would have passed away, like, at the end of, let's say, uh, what was Crossroads, one of them? Yeah, yeah, Let's say at the end of that, because that would have had Slippery, that that would have had all of his New Jersey, everything right. else. You would have had all the best of everything right there. It's unfortunate that he did pass away. I'm not going to, you know, say anything oh It's
1: always unfortunate when anybody passes away.
0: Well, most people. <laughs> There's a few of them sure that we could both name, but let's well, not let's, get evil about it. Yeah, him. let's not do that today. So let's go ahead and move on to our other pick from 1984, and that is Jump by Van Halen for five weeks also. I'm a Van Halen guy. You already know this. Yeah, yeah, I know that. And this is... What was interesting about this particular album, actually, the the Angel having the cigarette on there, is this is one of the first ones that they started using more keyboards in. Okay. Because that was kind of the sign of the times. I mean, there was a lot of synthesizer. I mean, look at Hall & Oates and a bunch of other ones. Yeah. Some of them sucked at it. Some of them did great with it. People did not know what to think about this because it was like, oh, my God, Eddie Van Halen's playing guitar and he's playing keyboard what are we, the like heads were exploding <laughs> right, right yeah and especially and i can only imagine <laughs> when the record producers got the idea to say hey this is what we want to do and this is part of it and they said oh good job eddie when's the next solo gonna be but instead <laughs> this came through and it, obviously it went crazy it just went off the hook and here it went
1: david lee roth man that that is van halen i you know and and you know that's my opinion yes and, i do and you know but this is the eighties, the, the, the synthesized intro with a strong drum beat under it, then Roth kicks in on a solid vocals. This is just a song about being cool, hanging out at the record machine and waiting for the ladies to jump at the chance to be with you.
0: He had a high opinion of himself, if you couldn't tell.
1: Oh yeah, I mean Diamond Dave, this this is the song for the decade. I, I love this song. I love Jump. Almost
0: As much Almost as, as
1: much as Panama
0: okay all right and panama is about a car yep and little piece of trivia about that one did you know that the the revving sound in there is actually eddie van halen's lamborghini
1: i didn't but
0: it doesn't really surprise me <laughs> well yeah but well let's listen to our little tip here or clip here Just the tip, huh? Just the clip. Yeah, I was waiting for something like that.
1: <laughs> so you tell us, what, what what are your thoughts on this song?
0: I've I've always been a Van Halen fan. My uncle, Carl, got me into Van Halen. In fact, he got me into Van Halen 1, Running With The Devil, uh, You Really Got Me, Eruption, Atomic Punk, et cetera, down the line. And I kind of followed him ever since then. There's a few of them I wasn't a huge fan of, like Fair Warning was okay, Diver Down was okay, but then you had like Van Halen 2, 1984, and these were just great albums this is probably my second favorite Diamond Dave one, aside from the very first one. As you know, I still enjoyed them when they were with Sammy.
1: Yeah, that's fair enough.
0: Um, they sucked when they we were with Gary. And I'm sorry, but they kind of sucked when they came back with Dave later on. Because
1: they were trying to relive something that they couldn't relive. They should have moved on and done something new. But they tried to be the Van Halen
0: of the 1980s. Right. And it just... yeah, Well, even the Van Halen of the 90s. Because the Van Halen of the 90s, even though it was... Sammy was still Van Halen Rock. Right, yeah. And they needed to evolve. And they didn't, and that's kind of where they're at right now. Whereas the other people in the band, like Michael Anthony and Sammy Hagar, who have evolved, are doing great. And and Dave, when he went on his solo stuff, wasn't kinda, bad. Wasn't bad. Uh, Skyscraper was a good album. The video for it was amazing, actually. <laughs> so let's go ahead and move on to 1985. We've got, uh, let's see, oh look, it's a twofer again. we got Like a Virgin. For four weeks. Okay. And, of course, that was by the immaculate one, Madonna. Absolutely. Back when she was (laughs) good-looking. What do you mean, back when she was good-looking? Have you
1: looked at her recently? Actually, no. I probably haven't seen a picture of Madonna since about... Have you
0: seen Clash of the Titans? No. Really? Really. Okay. You know, like, because there's a spot in the movie when the Kraken comes out, and he brings out the head of Medusa, and turns into, and the Kraken turns into a stone and collapses. Okay. That's what pictures of Madonna do to people now. Really? Yeah, she's horrid. What, what? But she's old as hell, too. Well, yeah. But, I mean, what, what happened that all of a sudden she's... She got old, and certain people age well, and other people do not. <laughs> okay, fair I mean, enough. An example, and um, my wife would agree with this one, is John Stamos. I mean, Uncle Jesse... Has stayed good-looking in his older age, yeah, yeah, my wife would uh agree with that <laughs> so anyways, moving on, let's go ahead and do a quick clip of this song.
1: Madonna. You know, growing up, that was that was our Marilyn Monroe.
0: Oh, it was. And I got two words for you, high roller. <laughs> they play Madonna all over the yes. place there.
1: Yes, but you know, I mean, and she had music that was edgy. Mm-hmm. It was It was perfect pop. Yeah, it was perfect pop. It was edgy. It was it was sexually charged more times than not.
0: It was, but at the same time it got away with it because again, the decade of excess. And because it wasn't 100%, like, in your face. It wasn't overt. Right. You had to know what she was talking about. I mean, like this one, it's pretty straightforward. I mean, right. right. And the the other ones, it's just like, oh, 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 I see what you were doing there.
1: (laughs) And really, to get the full effect of most songs, you had to see the video that went with it. Mm -hmm. And the videos, I mean, they played late at night on mtv oh yeah you know they weren't they weren't daytime
0: fair no not at all that was that was reserved for uh duran, duran. right, right.
1: <laughs> but you know i was always a big madonna fan great voice back in the day she was sexy as hell
0: okay gotta ask you then of the madonnas because i mean there's every video has a different look of course this one had... blonde ambition oh, i'm trying to think which one was this one here
1: Girl, uh diamonds um
0: the Marilyn Monroe one?
1: Yeah, the Marilyn Monroe look.
0: I, the Material Girl one was... Yeah. Okay, yeah. all right. I liked that one. I'm sorry, but like the black lace with the jelly bracelets and everything, just something about that was just like, huh.
1: That's because you're you're an adult and jelly bracelets are just
0: weird. Well, back then they were awesome. Everybody had them. I never understood that fad. I didn't understand it was happening. Well, fine. Every woman had them. I didn't wear that shit.
1: Well, no, no. I, I get what you're saying, but I didn't understand the fad then. I don't understand it now that it's back and everybody's got a freaking jelly bracelet for this, this, you know, ribbon and that ribbon and wear your yellow, you know, oh, Lance Armstrong okay. lost his testicles thing.
0: And yeah, okay, I know what you're talking about. Then I have to say this. And regarding that look, though, if you've obviously seen Wedding Singer. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. When Christine Taylor did the Madonna look for when they went on that date. Oh, delightful. But,
1: but it doesn't need... The, the, the bracelets don't make a difference one way or the other.
0: It serves no purpose, but then again, neither does when they have, like, the metal bangles on their damn arms either. All it does is sound like you're wearing a pair of damn spurs. They move around. It's like, ching, 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 ching. <laughs> Are you trying to block fucking bullets or what?
1: Well, you know, with with the fact that, you know, Wonder Woman just came out recently, maybe.
0: Perhaps. Although the Wonder Woman back then was Linda Carter.
1: Also fine. Very, very fine. And actually, she doesn't look so bad anymore either. No, I mean...
0: No, surprisingly, she's one that actually aged rather well as well yeah, also. Yeah, So moving on, we've got our other one for 1985, and that was USA for Africa, which is We Are the World.
1: Yep. This this was not a single artist, which is kind of surprising that it became a number one. Mm-hmm. Because, I mean, this... I mean, oh my God, and and this is just a few of them. Paul Simon, Stevie Wonder, Cindy Lauper, Kenny Rogers, Tina Turner, George Harrison, Billy Joel, Michael Jackson. And you can just keep going.
0: Oh, yeah. And, and who was the director for this one? Quincy Jones. Yeah, Quincy Jones. I mean, the the part about this one here is that it was, you know, part of uh, USA for Africa. I think this is associated with Live Aid.
1: Yeah. And it, it this was more specifically for bringing, to raise money and awareness for the strife in Ethiopia and other African countries. Because in the 80s, and we didn't know this here before this song, I had no idea that Africa was, you know, a poor
0: country. It was just a big piece of land that was across the way that had a bunch of desert.
1: towards Right. And they brought that, they brought that awareness to the United States. I mean, to central Wisconsin, where all of a sudden we knew that kids were starving to death in Ethiopia. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, and so I give them props for that. I don't know how much good it really did. I, you know, the actual how much money it raised or anything like that.
0: No, no. I mean, it's not like the Sally Struthers or the UNICEF or any of the other stuff. I mean, because they never really put numbers out for it. Right. They basically just did this and they shoved it down everybody's throats. To be quite honest,
1: and but we it, all and we all ate it up because one of our favorite one of our favorite singers was in
0: there. Well, an, one of anybody's favorite. Singers exactly, that's right. what I mean.
1: One of one of one of anybody's favorite singles doesn't matter. You know, if you're in the country, Kenny Rogers was in there. I think Alabama was in there. Don't quote me on that, but I think so. And you know, so if you were in the country, if you were into rock and roll, you know, they had Cyndi Lauper and they had these these
0: Springsteen.
1: Springsteen, yeah, yeah.
0: Well, let's do our quick clip. And I'm sure we got more to talk about. We are the world. We are the children. So, one thing I found interesting when I looked it up here, too is the u s a for africa u s a actually was for United support of artists, oh really? yeah, I thought it was just like u s a is in the United States, but and upon looking at this, I'm like, interesting, but it's-
1: you know it makes sense that it's not u s a because there were singers that I'm sure were Canadian or oh yeah, you know,
0: in fact, and let's see, I here. think
1: Steve Winwood was in it, and I think he's Canadian.
0: I think so. Um, Lionel Richie and Michael Jackson wrote it, and again, it was Quincy Jones. So, of course, we had just three powerhouse peoples right there. Well, you there. knew it
1: was gold right there.
0: Well, yeah, and of course, Michael Jackson had his, some of the best solo stuff because, you he know. He wrote it. Right. And this is of course, during his gold glove era. Or the... Uh, the the sparkly the glove. The sparkly glove. But just looking at the other ones, of course, there's other people that are in there. there are people that people are like, well, why is this person there? Like, Dan Aykroyd was in it. Yeah. He was part of the Blues Brothers, man. I mean
1: oh yeah absolutely now you want to hear something funny uh not really connected to this but kind of connected to this mm-hmm. so you you've now met my little brother
0: saw him today actually oh did you yeah when we were out and about uh, picking up a prescription okay so when we were
1: when we were kids he was huge in the michael jackson
0: i was huge in the michael jackson no, 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 kid
1: he had the black coat the red coat the glove and the sock. Shut up. Dead serious. Dude, pictures or it didn't happen. Well, I, You know, I'll talk to my mother. There are probably <laughs> pictures. That is what he wanted one year for Christmas. Oh, wow. It's hilarious. That and hilarious. and it, like I said, it has really nothing to do with We Are The World other than the Michael Jackson connection. Right.
0: But <laughs> no. I, just, I still laugh about that every time. You know, it's fun to go back and, I mean, watch the video just to see how many people you can name. I mean... Everybody who you know, listens to music, especially going to be like your 70s and 80s music, you can look for and be like, hey, I remember that person. I remember this person.
1: Well, you know, what it was sad, as I, and I saw some of them. I'm like, I know the voice. And you're like, but God. And, then and the one for me was, oh, my God, that's Billy Joel. All of a sudden, it kind of hit me. And I'm like, I forgot that look, that Billy Joel look, you know, oh, that, yeah. that Uptown Girl era mm-hmm. look. It was just like, oh, yeah.
0: Well, what's really cool is I, I, I have it on DVD, actually. I've got the whole Live Aid concert. Okay. And it's amazing to still go back and watch. And the fact that they came off without a hitch, just like the original, like, moon launch went off without a hitch as opposed to with all the technology they had back right. then versus now. But going back and I found a list of all the order of appearance artists. I'm just like, I knew it was in there. no knew it was in there. I did not know you were in there. I, did, I recognized the voice, but it's one of those things, you know, snap your right. fingers going... Oh, who, oh, that's who that is. Yeah, exactly. I think we've live it out on that one. Yeah, so. probably. Yeah. Moving on to 1986, and there is one song that actually took it over for four weeks, and that was "That's What Friends Are For" by Is it uh, Dion Warwick and Friends?
1: Dion Warwick and Friends. You know, from the Dion Psychic Hotline.
0: <laughs> <laughs> when she ran out of royalty money, should she need to do something else? Yeah,
1: I guess. <laughs> but anyway, uh, this song, um, not not I'm not a big fan of this song. I mean. It's well-made music. The harmonies and the music is very 80s, and the song tells a great story of letting your friends know you got their backs. I don't have a whole lot to say about this because it
0: just never... It's not my style. Yeah, not at all. Well, you can decide for yourselves. Oh, and you can always
1: count on me
0: wasn't a fan I mean I heard it on the radio but this is more of one of those soft rock soft pop things and that really wasn't my style of music I was more of the new wave type so it's it's got a good message it's a good song for what it's worth I think we can move on I'm I'm right there with you all right so we're gonna move to 1987 and this one I can already see you you know rubbing <laughs> your hands together and everything else we've got a little bit of Bon Jovi living on a prayer for four weeks and I'm surprised it was only for four weeks.
1: I am too, honestly. When I read that at first, I was like, "Really, only four weeks?" And also, what surprised me is that's the only number one they had. Really? Yeah. There was. I mean, if you look through the list, there was no other number ones. None in the '90s either. Okay. So I was, I was really kind of shocked by that. But you know, living on a prayer, big hair, big guitar songs, drum beat uh, in the back that just makes your feet kind of start and your arms in the air raised in defiance. Living on a Prayer is a song about two people in love and realizing that it is all they need. Everything else is okay, but love is needed above all. Now, I'm a huge Bon Jovi fan, if you can't tell by my voice. No way. Yeah, and it probably seeps through into what I'm saying here. But damn, this is awesome music that stands the test of time. And that's one thing you can say about early Bon Jovi, at least. Is you can listen to it today, and it's just as good.
0: Yeah, I'll agree. Uh, although <laughs> this isn't my favorite Bon Jovi song,
1: okay. Well, let's let's let them hear it first, and then you can have your say.
0: As I was starting to say, this isn't my favorite Bon Jovi song. It's a great song. I'm I'm I will not skip it on the radio. I won't change channel or anything because it's unless it's played often, which it's not. You know, not, not this song. Right, it's not my favorite. My favorite actually is Raise Your Hand. Okay, mainly because of Spaceballs. But it's a good song. I mean the the guitar walt walt, walt that comes on. I mean it's just awesome it's almost air raising and i think the video is kind of like shot like a concert style or whatever yep and it's you're right it's big hair big guitar big voice and there's not a whole, a whole lot to say no i i agree which album is this off by the way
1: uh living on a prayer is off of new jersey i believe i'm 90 percent sure
0: okay because i know that one and slippery one wet are probably like their two yeah biggest.
1: yeah and i'm thinking 87 it was either it was either new jersey or or slippery one wet but i'm 99 90 sure that
0: it's new jersey okay all right so we're gonna go ahead and move on to 1988 and now we've got a man that you mentioned before and that was steve winwood the yes. song roll with it for only four weeks once again a lot of four spots on this one yeah another one we couldn't make up our minds You know, and I'm going to be, I'll be the first to admit, I know Steve Winwood. I know of his music, and I recognize the song, I just did not know what the title was.
1: Fair enough, I had to listen to it too to realize what it was.
0: Like, Uh, oh, I know that song!
1: It's a song about doing what needs to be done to get where you want to be. You gotta roll with it, baby. His image was one that was half kind of that preppy kid and half kind of a bad boy, and his music kind of matches that image. Never a huge fan, but I did like this song.
0: Yeah, it was a, it was kind of a safe rock song. Yeah, and you could play it on the radio. You could play it loud. It's not going to make people like bang on the floor with a broom handle, being like, "Turn that crap down." But it also was enough that you could listen to it and be like, "Hey, I'm I'm going to rock out on this a yeah. little bit."
1: Now let, let's take a listen. So you know when this song starts, the horns start in, and you know what's coming. There's there's no uh, you know there's no guessing what you're getting. No. The music does not betray it in any way. It's exactly what you think it is.
0: It's what you see is what you get, basically, or what you hear is what you get.
1: Yep, exactly.
0: There's nothing really else that I have for this one. No. Nope. So I'm, I'm good on this as well. We're going yeah. to round out the decade with 1989's "Miss You Much" by Janet Jackson. Four weeks
1: miss uh, miss jackson if you're nasty
0: yeah exactly <laughs> i didn't really always care for janet jackson some of the stuff where i'll listen to it but it started getting a little bit more poppy
1: yeah about the time she released i think the album was called velvet rope could be from then on it just got very much into that i couldn't i couldn't do it
0: in like mechanized almost yeah I mean, it's like it's there's a specific way they're doing it. It's formulaic. That's the word I guess I was looking at. I mean, it's, you know, there's a formula for success. She follows it and it works.
1: You know, her early stuff was very much, it had an industrial feel to it, not because of the music, but because of the videos that were shot. They were always done in black and white. She was always in a uniform, and the dancers were always in a uniform, kind of thing. I gotta
0: say that, like the black with like the the the, the round stove Army, stove hat, yeah, yeah the, the Army Army hat, hat. She yeah. looked pretty damn good there.
1: Oh yeah, I mean, I was never a huge fan of Janet, but she was Michael's little sister, which made us all
0: curious. got a little bit of cred for it.
1: She was fine to look at back in the day. I, there's no other way to put it. Um, she could dance as well, if not better than Michael, in my opinion. Oh, yeah. Uh, Miss You Much was a huge hit in 89. Uh, I remember trying to copy the dance moves of Janet and her posse, you, but there was one problem.
0: You're white and a big guy. Uh,
1: well, I wasn't that big back then, but yes, I'm very white, and I have the the ability to dance and keep time like a white guy. <laughs>
0: like a sober white guy.
1: Yeah, which is why we do this podcast and we're not making music.
0: No, no. Um I will freely admit that I am not really a dancer. I have four left feet, actually, because two is not nearly enough for as bad as I dance. <laughs> and it just no, no. I, in fact, hell, I don't I I I don't know the Macarena.
1: I learned that, but that wasn't really dancing. That that's more I don't of sh- know how to
0: line dance.
1: It's more of shuffling. The macarena. I mean, there's really no dancing. It's all hand movements. It's
0: the hand jive.
1: Yeah, kinda.
0: It's th- it's this generation's hand jive, as it were.
1: Yeah, kinda. Yeah, <laughs> so, absolutely.
0: Do we listen to this a little bit? We
1: haven't yet. All we right, should probably do that.
0: Why don't we do that? pretty much talked everything about this one i mean it's it's a decent pop song it's again i don't do messages didn't really care it was just fun to listen to in the background
1: yeah absolutely and you know with that let's call this one to a wrap now there's a few ways that people can get in touch with us if they want to let us know what they think of this episode or any of the other episodes we've had and the first way to do that is you can just email us at music challenge podcast at gmail.com or you can find us on facebook in two places actually you can find us on poi networks or at Musically Challenged Podcast. Uh, so, you know, guys, thanks for coming out. Thanks for listening again for another week. And we'll talk to you next week.
0: You have been listening to a program from the Point of Insanity Network. Visit us at poigamestudio.podbean.com for more shows. Follow us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at T.O.I. Game Studio.